This is Chris. Welcome to episode 294 of X-Lapsed, where uh, I think we're going to close out 2021 with a, with a quickie. Um, there really isn't much to say about this issue, um, other than to say, not, not to put the cart before the horse or anything, but I had a lot of fun with it. I think this is a very, very fun issue. It's just not one that uh, inspires a whole lot of conversation, unfortunately. Or maybe fortunately. Maybe we're not supposed to overthink every single issue. Maybe that's been my problem all along. But uh, let's get into it here. This is Wolverine Volume 7, Number 18. This had a January 2022 cover date and a legacy number of 360. The story's called Auction of Secrets, which kind of gives away the twist later, but um, eh, maybe we won't think about it too hard. We're gonna, we're just gonna play this one as it goes. Written by Benjamin Percy, art by Paco Diaz, colors Hava Tertaglia and Dijo Lima, or Dijo Lima. Colors VCs Corey Petit, designs Tom Muller, head of X's Hickman, edits Bass or White Sobolski, cover price four bucks. This one went on sale November the 17th of 2021. Now we pick up, well... What did I say last episode? I didn't have the foggiest idea where Wolverine was going to be picking up. It feels like it's literally been years since we last read this. So uh, I wasn't sure what story we were on. I thought I didn't know if we were dealing with vampires, if we were dealing with Russians. I, I didn't know where we were. But uh, we get caught up pretty quick. I- I'll-, I'll catch us all up because, again, it feels like it's been years. Now, last issue featured the return of Maverick, who we found out was in cahoots with Dolores What's-Her-Face from the X-Desk. Now, it appear as though they've got designs on Jeff Bannister. Now, again, if you recall, Jeff Bannister's entire office was slaughtered while he was out getting Taco Tico or whatever. Now, Jeff and his daughter are on the run, and they're at some seedy motel. Now, on a late-night munchies run to the vending machine, Jeff ran into Maverick. And uh, Maverick wasn't in costume, of course. Uh, Maverick, by the way, looks like a real creep here. And he does throughout the entire issue. It's really very unpleasant to look at. Now, when we wrapped up, Jeff dropped a quarter, which rolled over to Mav's foot, and that's where we pick things up here. So Maverick, just as we're picking up with the story, he picks up the quarter. Then he says a bunch of stuff about how his daddy told him never to leave money laying around. Jeff gathers up his snacks and really doesn't seem to be interested in the slightest in continuing this conversation, even to the point where he tells Maverick, you know, keep the quarter, and he hustles back to his room. Double-page spread, roll-calling cred. Our characters are Wolverine, Jeff Bannister, Dolores Ramirez, and Maverick. Back to comics, and Jeff's made his way back to their room. And uh, he's greeted by a door that's uh, a bit ajar. Or, or maybe it's wide open. Really can't tell from this angle. All we know is that the door is not closed. Anyway, he drops the goodies, 
draws his gun, and steps in ready to blow away whoever it is that's in there. Only it's not just anybody, it's Wolverine. And he's watching some sort of cartoon with Bannister's daughter. Jeff is obviously relieved. That is, until a grenade gets tossed in, landing right at his feet. Logan throws his body over the boom bit while telling the Bannisters to exit stage... Uh, bathroom window. Get out, you know. When the dust settles, Wolverine is faced off with Maverick. Now, Maverick does that whole thing. I mean, this whole, this whole issue is like an action movie. And that's not, a, that's not a, like an indictment. That's, that's actually a good thing. <laughs> I think that this is a very light issue. It's a very action-heavy issue. And it's also a lot of fun. So Maverick is like, hey man, it ain't personal, it's just business. You know, that whole line. Also, he says that he doesn't even have a stake in whether or not the Bannisters live or die. You see, he's only here to retrieve that audio bug that Jeff had last issue. Nothing more, nothing less. So pretty much if Wolverine hands it over or facilitates the handing of it over, eh, he and the Mercs will be on their merry way. Nobody has to die, nobody has to get hurt. Outside, Jeff has KO'd a trucker and commandeered his rig. And from the looks of it, this trucker was just about to make some time with a lot lizard to boot, so, um, bad days, I guess. Uh, Jeff then drives the rig through the motel room to try and run over Maverick and his merc goons, but, of course, they dive out of the way. Logan hops onto the side of the tractor and tells Jeff to step on it. You see, they're not too far from a Krakoan gateway. There's one about five miles down the road, which appears to be, like... In the middle of the road, as we're going to find out. I, I I don't know how that works. Like, are the Krakoans, like, literally putting gateways in the middle of, like, freeways? Uh, I, there's a lot of weird uh, science and logistics to that, right? So, like, if you're driving through that and you're a mutant, do you keep going? Or do you disappear and, like, your car just barrels into the car that's in front of you because you're, you know, zapped into Krakoa? Or do you go with the car? I mean, who knows? Who knows? We'll, we'll get there, though. We will get there. So, Jeff is to drive right the F through this gate that's five miles down the road. Now, along the way, Maverick and the Mercs are tailing them via helicopter, which, I mean, I don't know where they had the time to get and take off in a helicopter, but they did. This is an action movie. We then go full Contra, or maybe it was Super C, or... Uh, hell, maybe it was Double Dragon 2. Um, we've got like a whole bunch of rent the mercs jumping out of the chopper to fight Wolverine atop the truck. I, I know that was a boss in some Nintendo game that I played a hundred years ago. So while Logan slices and dices and kicks these poor guys off the truck, he calls into Sage to advise her that, uh, you know, there's about to be an 18-wheeler barreling into Krakoa. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Doesn't really seem wowed by it or disturbed by it or anything. He then just says, hey, you know, we're coming through. Please close the gate behind us because, you know, they don't want the helicopter coming in too. And she gives the thumbs up. Well, we assume she gives a thumbs up. We don't actually see her. So next thing we know, hey, that's exactly what goes down. We're five miles down the road. The big rig goes through and it comes down a hill in Krakoa where it uh, crashes and stops. Jeff and his daughter, who I don't think we've gotten a name for her yet, have we? Jeff only seems to refer to her as Pumpkin, so I guess that's good enough for us. So yeah, Pumpkin hops out of the rig and makes fast friends with some mutant children. From here, we join Jeff and Wolverine as they as they head to the uh, armory to chat up Forge about this bug. And Forge recognizes it and says, yeah, it's definitely one of mine. Wolverine suggests that his chuckle-headed pal, uh, you know, he's such a good inventor, maybe he ought to spend a minute or two putting together like a working security system. 
maybe? I don't know, maybe Forge tried, but he just got tired of surfers interfering with it. You never know. Info page. Uh, this is Forge's notes on this device. Now, it looks like Maverick probably stole the bug during one of his weekly visits to the Green Lagoon in order to keep Dolores up with her spy game. Now, you see, they had to use a Krakoan device to record, you see, because ever since Xavier was murdered back in X-Force number one, they're running a daily EMP blast throughout the island in order to shut down any non-Krakoan technology. So in order for Dolores to keep creeping, her surveillance device needed to be... Krakoan or organic. It couldn't be anything foreign, otherwise the imp burst would have gotten it. From here, we rejoin Jeff and Logan, who are having a fairly confusing chat about Maverick. Now, Wolverine claims that, you know what, Mav's not a friend, but he's also not an enemy. He's just a merc. That's not good enough for Jeff. And, you know, Jeff's got a point. Maverick endangered not only him, but his daughter. He also assumedly slaughtered his entire office at that CIA satellite branch. Jeff wants answers, and so our next stop is to the Sylvan Diner, that place where Dolores What's-Her-Face stops once a week, and, you know, we figure that's where she gets the bug from Maverick. Now, Jeff is there to chat up the lady herself. Now, Wolverine is seated off to the side, trying to look inconspicuous, and, in my opinion, failing horribly. I mean, here's a dude who's as wide as he is tall, his arms have got to be 30 inches wide, and he's wearing this stupid floppy cowboy hat. So I think in any arrangement of goofballs, that's going to stand out. Anyway, Jeff calls her out for betraying her country, referring to that massacre at the office last issue. Well, she tells him that it was never her intention for that to happen. You see, she just has an agreement with Maverick, he delivers a bug every week, and that's as far as their relationship goes. So Jeff asks, if Dolores didn't order this hit, well then who in the hell did? At which point, Dolores gets sniped. She gets shot in the chest, shoulder region, falls out of the wheelchair. We don't know if she lives or dies. Uh, Wolverine then launches into action. He spots the sniper atop a nearby building. He uses his claws to scale the side of the wall there before finding the one guy in all of Baltimore with worse fashion sense than him. Meanwhile, back at the diner, Maverick is stood before Jeff and the rapidly dying Dolores. Now, Jeff is applying pressure to Dolores' chest region in order to try and stop the bleeding. And here's where we go cinematic for a bit. Um, We go back and forth between scenes. We've got Wolverine chasing down the sniper and Maverick tough talk in Bannister. Wolverine recognizes the sniper as one of the guys from the Legacy Auction House. Maverick presses his gun to the side of Jeff's head and gives him his options. There are only two options. A, he hands over the bug. Or B, he gets a hole in the dome and Maverick still gets the bug. And so Jeff wisely hands it over. And Maverick tosses him that quarter from the beginning of the issue. I think this was supposed to be like a tough guy talk, like a scene ender sort of thing from an action movie, but it really doesn't land for me. Or maybe this was like a, hey, it was me all along. I don't know. Back outside, Wolverine has chased the sniper to the edge of the building where the baddie is just barely holding onto the edge. And so, Logan chops off the dude's fingers, letting him plummet to his death. And we get some punny commentary to boot. Maybe it's not a pun. He says, uh, keep your filthy fingers off Krakoa as he chops off his fingers. Is that a pun or is that just unimaginative? I don't know. We go from here to an info page, and it's it's quite an annoying info page. Um... And let's get into why. You know how Forge has these bugs, right? Well, this is a conversation going on, I'm assuming at the Green Lagoon, between Black Tom and 
Juggernaut. This was caught by one of Forge's bugs, and it doesn't make much sense, does it? Uh, for those of us who are following, you know, the the wider Marvel universe here, the you know marginally wider Marvel universe, to include, I don't know, that Juggernaut miniseries. This doesn't work here. And also, this isn't X-Force, is it? Um, Do they just figure that since Percy writes both Wolverine and X-Force that they can stick whatever info page in either book and it just doesn't matter? You gotta assume, just from sales charts alone, that there are people who read Wolverine that probably don't even realize that X-Force is still coming out. So that's, uh, that's the first bit that's kind of annoying. The second and more important bit that's really kind of troublesome here, is that we know that the Juggernaut's not allowed on Krakoa. Now, if we know that, why in all hells does Ben Percy and the cadre of editors on this book not know that? I mean, we're not getting super-secret versions of these books, are we? You know, Kane not being allowed on Krakoa was a major plot point of his miniseries. And I mean, Black Tom himself even told Kane he couldn't come with them. Why do we know that an editorial doesn't? Oh well. Let's get back to comics so I don't uh, keep complaining about this. Uh, we find out here who is giving Maverick his orders, and turns out it's the Merchant. You remember him from the Legacy House story? I think he was the guy who had that warehouse full of like superhero merch that Logan and Maverick stormed uh, right after the Auction House story. I don't know. In fact, this room that we're in here is full of superhero paraphernalia. And I love pages like this. I think we all enjoy pages like this. So let's rifle through his uh, his superhero swag here. We see an Iron Fist costume. Wonder Man's old 1980s jacket. You remember that gaudy red thing? He's got one of those. We got a set of vulture wings. Hercules' uh, studded chest things. It's not really a shirt, is it? Is it armor? It's just like leather bands with studs on them. I don't know. We got a pair of ruby quartz shades. Some CGC slab shield and Hydra documents. Some pumpkin bombs. A hoverboard, or maybe it's a yellow submarine. I don't know, like a little cutout. Uh, we get an X-Men harness, or maybe it's an old Cerebro thing. Uh, an Ace of Spades card. A motorcycle wheel. A tiki mug that kind of looks like Apocalypse's head. And another tiki mug that uh, kind of looks like the High Evolutionary's head? I-, I don't know. Anyway, he and Maverick have come to an arrangement. And so Mav hands over the bug, and he's looking to be paid. When the baddie goes to listen to it, uh, you know, to ensure he's not being played, what he finds is, or what he hears is, uh, Wolverine and Jeff Bannister singing karaoke to the Johnny Cash cover of Nine Inch Nails' Hurt. Uh, We shift over to Jeff and Wolverine hanging out on a Krakoan beach watching Pumpkin play with some mutant kids, and they toast to the little joke they just played on Maverick. And we close out our issue and our story back at the merchant's place, where Maverick finds himself surrounded by the merchant's armed security detail. So, uh, he's asking if they can make another deal, and uh, I don't know if it's going to work out so well for him. But that's the issue. Next episode is either X-Men number 5 or X-Men Unlimited number 14, 15, whatever it is. I haven't checked to see if the latter has been posted just yet, so uh, I guess we'll play it by ear. But for now, let's talk about this issue, which uh, was kind of silly, but (laughs) I loved it. I think that this is uh, Ben Percy's forte here. Just a a lighter story that doesn't really try too hard to make a point. 
It isn't trying to drop little references and nods to whatever he just read in the encyclopedia in order to impress us. This was just a, you know, high-octane romp, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not sure if Maverick is the best character for this, is it sort of... I mean, what is characterization nowadays, right? Um, People change, too, so maybe he is just a, a merc in it for the money. Though... That really doesn't uh, jive with a whole lot of his history. Again, people change. This is a whole new status quo. Maybe this is just what Maverick is right now. And if we're setting him up as a foil for Wolverine going forward, eh, maybe they jobbed him out a little bit too easy here. You know, clearly he's not going to be able to go toe to toe with Wolverine, and they're not going to. He's not going to offer him <laughs> like a competitive fight. But I feel like. Um, Maybe this was a bit of a missed opportunity to really make him into an actual bad guy or an actual foil. You know, like like Wolverine said in the issue, he's not a friend, but he's also not an enemy. I appreciate that complicated relationship between the two, but he was kind of jobbed out a little quick here. And the way he was jobbed out, I mean, it fits in with the action movie aesthetic, or tone rather, but uh, he goes out on a joke, really. It's... You know, the karaoke thing that was paying off um, the little side comment from either last issue or the issue before that where they were trying to get Wolverine up on stage to sing, and uh, he refused. So it was a neat little callback. Felt uh, felt like a uh, like a buddy cop movie sort of a thing. Uh, you know, you guys know me. I don't see movies, so I'm assuming <laughs> this is what a buddy cop movie feels like. But uh, all I do know is I had a really good time with the story bits of this issue, and... Uh, Hey, if you've been avoiding Wolverine, I think this is uh, one that's well worth your time. You should check this one out. Uh, just ignore the Juggernaut and Black Tom info page that neglects a key plot point of an entire miniseries we covered. Uh, and I mean, some of this editorial team was on that book as well. So I really don't know how this gets by. Uh, I, like, why, why do we have to pay attention to this stuff when the people getting paid to pay attention to this stuff appear to not be able to care less. And I mean, for the story that we got here, this Black Tom and Juggernaut chat, what did it add to the story? It added nothing to the story. All it did was make us realize that, you know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. So yes, if you're able to ignore that page, (laughs) that one page, I think you'll have a really good time with this issue. But I think that's about all I have to say about it. And in fact, I think that's all I have to say today. I got a ridiculously late start today, so we will hold off some uh, mailbag conversation for next time, hopefully, which, uh, hey, will be next year at this point. Uh, Today, as this episode is coming out, it is New Year's Eve, so I want to uh, thank everyone for spending your 2021 with me, and I hope you're looking forward to spending some of 2022 with me as much as I'm looking forward to spending it with you. And I want to wish you all a safe New Year's Eve and a wonderful and prosperous New Year. And once again, thank you all for allowing me to be a little part of your life and being a part of mine as well. So thank you all so much. And until next year, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya.